Testing. 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 What Test- do you think? Uh, testing. I think testing and hello are the two most overused words in the English language. One, two, three. One, one, two. One, uh, two, two. One, one, two, three. One, two, three. See, now the thing hello? is, they're numbers, but also words. Hmm. It's an interesting mix. But not an interesting start to the show. No. Jingle? Jingle. quick one yeah I know. they're usually about half an hour but that one barely reached a minute whoa it's uh fragmented times we live in yeah let's, i tell you what let's let's start again but aim for a longer one okay all right do 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 no we don't do, sing do, the jingle do, do, do. Thank the Christ. jingle the jingle's coming on okay well welcome one and all to quiet enjoys podcast episode six six that's six. closer to ten than five was you're right you know yeah because you're good at math. That's math, Sally. I was good at school. I was, <sighs> I was terrible at school. But were you good at the work? English, yes. Maths, no. Mm. Maths never really been my strong point. See, I was good at everything in a kind of cocky way. But I was in bottom for French because I chose to be. You can't choose to be in bottom for French. You can if you don't want to learn French. Oh, you mean you can choose by just not doing the work? Yes. Yes. I quite like French. Although I didn't like it at school. I didn't like... Being forced to learn it. I like learning it on my own accord. Secondary school, when you're at the height of your teenage testosterone-filled rage, is not the best time to have a new language forced upon you. No. No, I suppose it's not. Primary school, it should be. The thing is, if you were to teach French at the same level you teach English to kids in school, age four or five, you know, they would learn both languages. Yes. They would be fluent in both by the age of... Eight. Yeah. Multilingual. The world, the country would probably have to adapt and be multilingual. But, um, well, you know. See, it's hard to just start the kids on it now. It you know, be, we're so set in our ways. It would be nice if just everybody spoke one language. Yeah. But didn't they try that with Esperanto? And what? that is not just Red Dwarf. It was actually a language. Is that meant to be a universal language for everyone? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Rubbish. Well, just, you know, the I think we're the second most popular language in the world. That's only because we've got the numbers. Yeah. China is probably the China, most popular. Chinese, Chinese language. is the most popular, yeah. most widely spoken language in the China world. China isn't the language. China is a country. Chinese is the language. No, it's China. China the language. China the country. China the doll. Um, made in China. It's the brand name. You see it at the bottom of things. Made in China. That's, That's more popular than Sony. They are more popular than Zoni. Made in China are the biggest brand known to man. Yeah. And nobody knows who they are. Uh-huh. Made in Taiwan is the second biggest brand in the world. And I don't know whether they're parent company or not. Well, they can't be because there's a lot of issues between those two. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of bad history. Mm. Where did we leave off? Episode five, where did we leave? Ah, games. Top ten games. Yeah. That's where we left well, off. Yeah, yeah. Ten of the moment. Yeah, ten of the moment. Yeah, it's not ten. Actually, that's a good title for this segment. Ten of the moment. Well, five at the moment now. Well, it's, yeah, down to five. 
We all do five per podcast, don't we? We split it. Well, it's just we only end up getting on to starting to talk about things by the time we're about 20 minutes in. And uh, you just can't do 10 of the moment in 10 minutes. Well, I have to really stretch these ones out because we're only five minutes in there. Well, that'd be a minute a moment. No, no, see, what we can do here is we can start the show with the remaining five and then we can move on to something else. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, Where were we? Number five. Number five. Uh, That's you. You sure? Yep, because I was worms. This is number six. Oh, yeah, you had worms. Um, <laughs> infantile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, number five. I'm going to move slightly out of the past now because, you know, I was kind of hitting it old school. Right. I'm going to not completely come up to date, but uh, certainly in sort of the more recent times. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that thing again where I'm thinking about something else. You have no idea what game you're going to talk about, do you? None whatsoever. Okay. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Actually, fuck it. Let's. let's Why don't you let's, pick the one we've just been playing? No, 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 no. No, because I know it's not a ten of the moment. It's a ten of today and yesterday. It's a moment. Yeah, well, it's physically in the moment, but no. Um, let's go with the GTA series, Grand Theft Auto. All of them, or have you got a specific one that is more a favourite than the others? I do, but nobody agrees with me. San Andreas. Yeah. Yeah. San Andreas is my favourite Grand Theft Auto game. Don't agree with you. GTA, the original on the PC, was mind blowingly good. Mm. Then when they finally moved to 3D, we're completely ignoring GTA 2, GTA London, etc. When they finally moved to uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 in 3D, Mm -hmm. that completely changed the game. Completely changed it. Still the same concept, but just so much better. Mm. Um, And I love GTA 3, and I loved Vice City. But San Andreas, San Andreas is the one that I've kept closest to my heart. You can swim, you can jump out of airplanes, you can free roam. You can do all of that in GTA Four. But what makes Grand Theft? What makes San Andreas more in your heart than GTA Four? Because it's the game that keeps on giving. I can play that game for three years, and there'll always be something more to do. I love that about Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It's like everything I want from a game. If I want to play it continuously, I can. If I just want to jump in and do a mission, I can. But it's always still so far away. You're from talking completion. as if you're going to sleep. I'm not. You're going lying to sleep. down and you're talking into it as if you're going to fall asleep. But I'm not. I'm just, I'm just in a kind of hazy, dreamlike state, thinking about the wonder of San Andreas. I don't want to complete a game within five minutes of owning it. I don't want to spend forty quid. And that'd be me. This this game, GTA San Andreas, the way that I play it, I've been playing it for three and a half years and I still haven't completed it. But that's because you're rubbish. No, it's because I, <laughs> I haven't got the time to play it. I love that about the game. I love it. I'm getting so much value for my money. I really am. The disc was worn to buggery, though. So I've recently acquired it on the Xbox Live Arcade. Ah, yeah. I, I have it on... A few platforms actually, San Andreas. I've got it on the uh, PC. I've got it. I had it on the PlayStation Two, and then I had it on the Xbox. I've got rid of two of those versions now. The PC one is still sitting up there somewhere. Cool. Mm. Why? Why do you not agree with me? Uh, I find it spread itself too thin. I find that it's not as rich as the other ones. The landscapes are huge. I'll give you that. The game is absolutely massive. But me personally, I don't look for that in a game. I look for, um, I don't know, I look for like a coziness, something that's familiar. But San Andreas, you can find yourself driving through barren landscapes for an hour 
and I know, don't really like that. If you drive all the way around the San Andreas map, right, on the furthest outer roads, yeah. once you've unlocked it all and you can get around everywhere, yeah. to say you're on a motorbike, if you drive from one side of the map all the way around 360 degrees to arrive where you originally were, in human uh, in human minutes, that takes 27 minutes. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to spend 27 minutes driving to an objective just, in a game? No, it's not to an objective. It's just but to say s- if your objective or your mission was over the other side of the map, that would take you at least 15 minutes to drive to. Well, no, because you just cut across. But if you're driving around, I'm just saying the, the, the beauty of the sheer scale of how much effort they've gone to to make this like a city, mm. comparable in size to a city. It's the first city-based game where it is the size of a damn city is it takes 27 minutes to drive all the way around the entire island i love that well everybody looks for something different in a game yeah that's true um yeah and then we shouldn't we shouldn't try and convert each other no no absolutely not it's your opinion it's my opinion um and we're both right in our own way we are we're always right good gta 4 went the other way and just slashed the map into a third but i kind of i like that i got on the thing is i never complete a gta i don't have the staying power for it i get bored with the repetitiveness of it as it goes on and then the the inevitable impossible mission that they throw up which stops you from getting anywhere yeah Um, the red baron yeah it's just it's unfair and i don't like it i i I play to win okay um that's fair enough yeah so yeah so that was number five that was number five grand theft auto gta Did we even tell anybody what the objective was? No one needs to know what the objective was. No, there would be a man alive who didn't know what Grand Theft Auto was. I know we explained Lemmings, but, you know, there's a chance that that's gone out. Okay, okay. Um, GTA in shops now. But Grand Theft Auto. Number four? Number four. So, yeah, I've got to think about this. Oh, no, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with a, uh, a platformer from the N64 genre. Genre? It was a platform. Um, Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie? Yeah. Um, I really like Banjo-Kazooie. I found out recently how damn near impossible it actually is. I'm very curious to see how you're going to squeeze in at least three games that I know you adore when you've just used Banjo-Kazooie. Well, I'm not going to go with most recent ones. Okay. I'm I'm going with slightly obscure ones that people may not have played, Banjo-Kazooie being one of them. Okay. Banjo-Kazooie. Hit me. You may not have played. Banjo-Kazooie, um, basically everyone knows Mario 64. Well, replace Mario with a bear and a bird and replace the stars with jigsaw pieces and you have Banjo-Kazooie. It's... Uh, same company? Rareware? It's rare. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not the same company as Mario. Is it not? No. Mario's Nintendo. Rare is rare. Oh, okay. Um, so this takes place in a fantasy kind of uh, fairy tale book land. Uh, where there are numerous fairy tale characters like the fairy godmother thing who is now some kind of wicked witch uh and it's just it's it's i i really don't want to use the word delightful romp but i'm going to delightful romp uh, <laughs> through through just a really nice woodland kind of game it's really cute you should write game reviews for bliss what just delightful romp hmm. so yeah that's a delightful romp award <laughs> Um, Banjo, because it's just come out on the Xbox Live Arcade, and there's two of them. The second one is slightly mental, um, but the first one is very cute, and uh, it's the first game I've actually seen that ends in a quiz show rather than a boss battle. Interesting. Yeah, really, really good as well. It quizzes you on what happened during the game, whether you were paying attention. Really? Yeah. And if you get it wrong, you die. You die. <laughs> yeah. Safe. You're on it. You're on a board. You play a board game at the end, and then you get thrown into the. Ima- lava. Imagine that on your your first week in of work, you finish your induction and say, "Right, guys, 
We're going to talk to you about a few of the things that have happened over the course of the week. Uh, if you get them right, you have employment. If you get them wrong, the the pits. Pits of flames, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flaming pits of Rondo. So, yes, that's my one there. Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo a delightful four. romp. A delightful romp. Four. A delightful woodland romp. Uh, you mentioned Mario a moment ago. I did mention Mario. I have always been obsessed with the Mario Kart series. Ah, such, we should fit that in before you go. Such, yes, we should. Um, just, just wonderful, wonderful, happy. Save yourself from any sort of uh, uh, bad times you're having in your own life. Just to confirm, is this number two now? This is number three. Number three. Yes. Uh, Mario Kart um, originally released on the Super Nintendo yes um, great fun loved it um, peaked in terms of its own genius uh, in the N64 yeah undoubtedly where, where it was at its wonderful best um, then moved on to the Nintendo GameCube with Mario Kart Double Dash which was okay it wasn't yeah, it wasn't phenomenal. It, it went a bit, you know, hardcore. This was softcore. It's kind of dumbed everything down mm. a little bit. It wasn't. Tried wasn't to be good. gimmicky and didn't really it work. Didn't work. Um, then you had a kind of revolutionary turn for the Mario Kart series. Um, obviously, there were the Game Boy Advance and uh, DS versions, but they're not really my sort of forte. No. Um, with the release of the Nintendo Wii came a new... A new era for the Mario Kart series because you got a steering wheel, baby. Or, <laughs> you know, a nunchuck and a... And, and a stick. And a stick. <laughs> but, um, in a yeah, cheap that, plastic wheel. You feel more involved playing Mario Kart on the Wii, I think. It feels more like you're there. Yeah, you know? and you can, you know the classic thing you do when you play games and you actually move your entire body with the movements of your um, your controls. Well, this actually matters now. They encourage this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is actually the way you control the game. Mario Kart is a cracking entry, that one. Um had a lot of fun with the Mario Kart series. Uh, really loved the N64 one. Adored the Super Nintendo one, and uh, you know, over the moon with the Wii version. So yeah, that's a that's a worthy contestant. It's a good strong game. Yeah. If you in, if you enjoy little racing games and you want your entire life to be filled with cuteness, then Mario Kart is the way. Yeah. Mario Kart is absolutely the way. So that was number three. That was number three. Uh, now this is a it's a it's a toss up here. I know it is. I can I can see your furrowed brow. There is, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a the thing. The thing is, the two games that I'm thinking of now are so similar. I'm going to have to pick one to go in its place. And just out of the originality and the pure fun, Goldeneye is just going to sneak in there. Goldeneye just creeps just past. Just it. creeps past Perfect Dark. Okay. Um, which you can kind of encase as the same game because it's the same engine, same people. Perfect Dark Golden was just an was just... But the fun I've had with GoldenEye, just... Possibly the single greatest first-person shooter game. Uh, undoubtedly. In the history the, of the greatest first-person shooter game that I've ever played. everything was thought about and executed it, near perfectly. It's just the... You know, this was the first time that a first-person shooter came to a console that was actually near playable. And this was... Well, this was far past playable this was amazing i mean i remember when this i first 95 uh yes i think it was 95 can't remember if it was 95 or 98 the date escapes me but i remember getting my n64 and getting that game and playing it for two days solid you know bar five hours of sleep or whatever it was 
but it's just so much and you could go and do the same things again and again it's the first one the first game i can remember for a first person shooter where as you increased the difficulty the objectives would change mm. you'd add objectives and then to get the cheats they gave you cheats but they said okay to get the cheats you actually have to do timed um levels you know you have to actually do certain things in a certain time and it was just a brilliant encouragement and i had i had you I still James Bond, by the way, for those that don't know. Yes, sorry. Goldeneye uh, was on the N64, a uh, first-person shooter based on the film with Pierce Brosnan. It must have been 95 because yeah. that's when Goldeneye, Goldeneye came, came out. out. Yeah. Um, so it was the video game adaption of that, but it was only on the N64. And it bought amazing single-player um, and amazing multiplayer. I think it is the only video game based on a film that isn't burning in a bargain bin somewhere now. Well, it's the only James Bond game that was thought about and was any good, and then for some reason they decided to just make all the rest of them awful. Yeah, they lost. Well, they gave the license away after that. They they only had the Bond license for Goldeneye, and then EA took it and said, "Oh, well, Goldeneye was successful. We can bash out a couple of them." Wrong. Yeah, you can't. Wrong, They're wrong, awful. Wrong. 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 Oh, all awful. So, so Goldeneye. Goldeneye just, stims in. Why does Goldeneye sneak just past Perfect Dark? Just because that's. That was the original. That was the one I had the most fun on, I remember. I mean, Perfect Dark, don't get me wrong, I've had so much fun on that game as well, and it was equally as good. But uh, Goldeneye was just there first, and it, it introduced me to it. Perfect Dark is just, you know, it's everything Goldeneye was, but advanced. You know, like, everything is customizable. You can make so many game variants, and the multiplayer now has con computer-controlled players in and everything. It's just everything you wanted. Um, and then they went and ruined it with Perfect Dark Zero. That was a shame. That is a shame. Mm. So that was number two. That was number Goldeneye two. at number two. And number one in our ten of the moment. Um, really, really sorry to anybody that doesn't like this game because I know there are a few of you, despite the fact that the numbers are greatly, greatly against you. Um, but... Uh, Big shout out to the big brains at Bungie, I think. Got to go to Halo. Got to go to Halo. It's got to go to Halo in their various forms. Um, Halo 3 probably being the peak of it all. Uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know Halo, don't get involved with it. You're you're happy where you are. Your life is probably just okay. If you, if you pick up Halo and you start playing it, I can't promise that every other avenue of your life won't be completely destroyed because... Halo is a commitment. If you want to play it, you've got to go the whole hog. I love that game, but it has ruined my life. It is like it's like a pet. Uh, you you can't just have it for a, a minute. Needy constant it's a ne pet. It's a needy constant pet. It's an addiction, is what it is. It's an addiction, children. Halo Halo intravenously dis distributes crack through the control pad into your hands making you stay and play it up for many, many hours. So you play uh, as the Master Chief, <laughs> which, in, you know, it's kind of like Spider-Man and Batman, you know, Master Chief. It just sounds ridiculous, but yeah, you accept it. Avenue Grove. Yeah. Road close. You just, <laughs> but you accept it because you're playing as a, a big guy whose health regenerates when he gets shot. Oh, so, he's the know. man. He's like the last of his kind. But you've only well. just recently come to the campaign of Halo 3 anyway, haven't yeah, you? Because you've been, had it for a year or so. I've been playing the online multiplayer. I've been playing Halo for the last sort of three years. Mm. Um, I started on Halo 2, actually, but I, I've just played the multiplayer 
That's all I've played. It's so good. So good. Oh, hurts. Um, Yeah, go on. Give us a quick background then. You play the Master Chief. You Why, played, why is he there? What's he doing? You play the Master Chief. Well, I have to go from Halo 1. I can't. I can't remember. You're fighting an alien force known as the Covenant. Um, And in the background, there's also an alien force known as the Flood who are infecting planets. So a defense system was built called the Halos. Uh, which were positioned to wipe out the flood. Unfortunately, to wipe out the flood, it would also mean wiping out the galaxy that they're in. So uh, didn't really think about that one, did they? No, didn't think about that one too hard. So the halo rings were never fired. Anyway, the Covenant are now trying to fire up these halo rings, and in Halo 1, you're out to stop them. In Halo 2, you do stop them, and in Halo 3, you work with them. So that's pretty much the rundown of the three halos. They're so good, though. They are so good. They're so good. Yeah. And they're com- two completely different games, the campaign and the multiplayer. Mm. It's worth mentioning ODST, which has just come out, uh, which is a completely different kettle of fish. Is it? From Halo. It is. It's more sardines and salmon. No, is it worth mentioning? Oh, it is worth mentioning. Yes. You don't like it very much. No, no I don't not like it. I just I haven't, I haven't given it the time it deserves. It does deserve some time. I mean, four hours and you'll do it. Uh but it's definitely worth definitely worth picking up when it comes down in price, not as it is now. But um, you get the Halo Three multiplayer disc with it, so you can actually join in Halo Three's multiplayer. And that's where it's at. And that is where that's, it's at. That's where the gold is. Um, Firefight is a very good mode that I'm very into. Um, you not so much yet, but uh, you basically fight waves of enemies that you fight in the single player game uh, with some friends and see how long you can survive. Very much like Gears of War 2's horde mode uh, that everyone played and said, wow, this is a really good idea. So then all the other developers stuck it in their games. And, but it seems to work. Do you want to do a ooh, nearly section? What about the games that nearly made it? Yeah, games that should have perhaps sneaked in there yeah. but didn't. Yeah, yeah. okay, so there's, here's the ooh, ooh nearly. nearly. So that was the top ten. Yeah. That was our ten of the moment. Um, and now here's a couple of ooh, nearlies. Which, ooh, yeah, ooh, nearly. They were close. Um, you go first. Okay. Uh, All right, this is an easy one. Left for Dead. Oh, the zombie. Left thing. for Dead, the zombie massacre. Um. This is one of the most fun four-player games I've ever played in my life. Uh, Just in its simplicity, that the synopsis may as well be, you, three mates, hundred zombies, go. Um, It's just, yeah, you and four mates versus waves of oncoming zombies. Simple zombie killing fun. simple zombie killing fun. They've added a bit of a backstory, which you can find out if you want to. Uh, But yeah, you're basically running from point A to point B, trying to get it but the game is designed in such a way that you never play the same game twice nice that the enemies are always in different places the ammo's different places things happen at different points in the level well, that's uh, good so it always seems a bit fresh and I really I really enjoy playing that one so that's an ooh nearly left for dead Street Fighter 2 ooh very ooh, good nearly ooh nearly Street Fighter 2 absolutely nothing wrong with it by the way phenomenal game could have been in this list if I thought about it mm. Street Fighter 2 Classic, classic Super Nintendo beat 'em up. Yeah. Uh, you versus another guy. Uh, you're all well hard. You've all got mad ninja skills. And you fight till they're the ones dead. You all know what I'm talking about. You've all played Street Fighter 2. It's the most simplistic uh, kind of fighting game you can think of. It's perfect. Burly men. Did you ever, well, I was going to say, did you ever see the animated film? But of course you did because we both had it, which was an amazing manga film. Many times. 
Um, so yeah, the ultimate fighting classic, Street Fighter Two, was Street an ooh nearly. Loved it. Um, here's one that you probably won't have heard of. It's an ooh nearly. Little Big Adventure. Little Big Adventure. No, there's nothing, nothing to do with this Little Big Planet. No, 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 no. It's nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. This is a very quaint game that not many people have heard of or played. Um, designed by a French studio. Um, <coughs> I can't remember the name of it. I, it's it's almost oh, like no. adrenaline. It's almost like adrenaline, but it's not. It's Adeline or something. Um, okay. And you play the part of this little upcoming wizard called Twinson, uh, and it's just a. It's a weird. It's not a platformer game. It's kind of like an overhead uh, view, but it's got a great story. And the the gameplay is awful. It's absolutely awful. The controls are balls. But the game behind it is so much fun, and the characterization of everyone is so fun that it's really enjoyable to play. And the fact that it's French makes it kind of quirky. It's all dubbed in English, but it's uh, yeah, it's just you as a wizard going around stopping the evil Doctor Funfrock. That was just one of my games as a child that I remember. Oh, bless. Yeah, it's a really good one. Bless Little Big Adventure. Ooh, nearly. Um, theme Park. Ooh, nearly. I loved that game. Yeah. I really enjoyed Theme Park. That was great. Did you... I had it on the PC. and I, I thought it was a, an absolutely delightful little thing. I remember uh, building many... Um, roller coasters and then as the people were on the roller coaster deleting the last half of the roller coaster and watching them plummet i was an evil child you were an evil child I was see my theme park you couldn't do that you'd build your roller coaster and then it would show you uh an animatic of the ride on the roller coaster i'm talking about theme park world oh right no, I'm just no theme about... park was more basic wasn't it yeah, yeah. um yes you got the really game. bad cg kind of uh viewpoint of nothing something that looked nothing like your roller coaster you just built um yeah you're just riding along on uh and you always had you never had enough handymen no. never no. had enough handymen in this place the place would always turn into chaos it had been open two hours and the place was a tip and you couldn't afford to keep it anymore and they shut you down that's pretty much it and you just go along systematically closing all of your shops yep. well the thing is you play a theme park for a couple of hours you get it really nice you go yeah yeah and then you get bored so you'd want a bit of chaos so you'd start deleting things and de- trapping people and seeing what happened. Starting and, fires. Yeah, just to see what had happened. Yeah. The rides would always break down. It was a, it was a shock. See, thing. I think they wanted theme parks to be looked after in the same way that kids look after Tamagotchis. You know, get it right, get it perfect, constant attention, look after it. But like you say, there's no, there's no fun there's, in that. There's no reward in that. No, none whatsoever. So it was just anarchy. You just just like destroy, that, because that's basically what you're looking for in a game. I, I bring reference to kind of an advancement of the theme park series, which was Jurassic Park Genesis, which was pretty much just theme park, but make Jurassic Park right. and breed dinosaurs. And that was great. When you got bored of that, you just deleted the fences and let the dinosaurs go loose. Nice. Ooh, nearly. That was nearly. That was a nearly one. Is it my turn for an ooh nearly, oh, nearly yeah. now? Ooh, got to think now. Ooh, nearly. I've got so many games and not many that I would actually... Um, I would actually say all nearlys. I'd have to go with the Legend of Zelda series. That's, I'm I mean, surprised it didn't come up in the tell of the moment. Well, they're very popular, which is the thing. I mean, I wanted to go for a few more obscure ones, but I'm going to draw on the Legend of Zelda series because they've been consistently good, ignoring ones that are on the DS because they're balls. Um, always the same. Always the same kind of story structure, same characters. Uh, but 
just so engrossing and so good fun to play. I mean, it is essentially just going around collecting things until you can kill that person, then collecting some more things until you can kill the next. But if you boil anything down, it's just boring, isn't it? Sure. I mean, it's like boiling life down to paying the bills, die. I mean, it's it's pretty much what it is. Oh, God. It is. Yeah. It is like that. Sorry. Christ, quick, say something nice. Um, puppies are nice. Puppies are nice. Puppies are nice, especially Ooh. when they look at you and smile. Oh, God bless puppies. Yeah. Puppies and bills and death. <laughs> okay. Ooh, Legend of Zelda, nearly. Nearly. nearly Ooh, nearly. nearly. Ooh, nearly. Go on, finish it off. Yeah? This will be the last thing. You won't like it. Won't I? Mickey Mouse and the Castle of Illusion for the oh, Game Gear. I do like it. Do you? That's ultimate. That's a, that's a great game. That is an amazing game. It's a great game. game, and nobody that likes games will ever admit that it's a good game, but it is a good game. It is an amazing game. Pick that up. It was the exact same one that was on the Sega Mass system, mm-hmm. which is what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was oh, that was ultimate fun. If you can kill a bad guy by jumping on him with your ass <laughs> <laughs> and going, ha oh! <laughs> the thing is the whole world made no sense so you were in this castle trying to rescue your girlfriend what was her name Daisy or was that by, Donald Duck by, by the girlfriend? way it's, it's worth noting that the only reference whatsoever to this being anything to do with Disney is the fact that Mickey Mouse is in it Yeah, that's true you know if you took Mickey Mouse out of it it could be anything else exactly because it has nothing to do with anything else Disney no and it's actually quite Dark. Yeah, it is yeah. dark, isn't it? It's I mean, a dark, like, it's a dark you're, game. you're in a chocolate factory and donuts are trying to kill you, but they actually look quite menacing. Not just yeah. like bouncing donuts in one place. The screen is pushing you along, the donuts are falling from the ceiling and rolling you down. There's a lot going on. There is a lot you going on. You can ask the castle version. You can slide on your bum. I like that as well. Yeah, you can slide down hills Do on your bum. Bum attacks. Yeah. And you can throw things as well. Pick mm-hmm. them up and throw them, which was quite. It's a good game. Yeah, it was a it's good fun game. To play. The story was non existent. It's just no, save your girlfriend. But if you went on the easy mode, you only had three doors to go in. There was only three worlds. If you went on the normal mode, you had six, yeah. um, which was ultimately more satisfying. Yeah, Mickey Mouse Castle Illusion, good choice. That's Thanks. a good one to end on. Thanks. Yeah, I really like To be honest game. with you, I thought you were probably going to pull Simon the Sorcerer out of the bag. Interesting. That's an all nearly. That's an all nearly that I hadn't even thought of. And there do you know you go. why? Bonus I ha- nearly. Do you know why I hadn't thought of it? Why not? Because it's got so awful. Um, the problem with Simon the Sorcerer is now... So Simon the Sorcerer is a point-and-click adventure game. I'm, I'm a very big fan of point-and-click adventure games. On the same subject, another ooh nearly is Broken Sword. Just look it up. I'll say nothing more. Just look up Broken Sword. Um, Simon the Sorcerer is a point-and-click uh, made by a little English company called Adventuresoft. So it was very, very cute and quirky. The first one was voiced by Chris Barry. Chris uh, Barry? Chris Barry. Of, I don't know why we do scouts of a Chris Barry. <laughs> it sounds right, doesn't it? Chris yeah. Barry. Chris Barry. Um, <laughs> of Red Dwarf fame, playing Rimmer. Uh, he did the voice for Simon the Sorcerer in the first one. It's, he's a teenage uh, boy who gets sucked into this fantastical world to save this other wizard. So he gets forced into being a wizard. And he's not really keen about it. And he just goes around insulting everybody. And it's very, very funny. Very well written. The second one was just was just as well written. Had lost a bit of the feeling um, because the music had changed, the voice had changed, and the kind of map had changed. So it, was, it wasn't quite the same feeling as the first game. The third one ruined everything by going into 3D. But the problem with it going into 3D was it was bad 3D five years too late because it got delayed Ah, it got delayed beyond all recognition so it was dated before it came out so it came out it was damn near unplayable but i did sit through it and complete the thing it was very well written again but the game around it absolutely let it down 
Now what's happened is Simon the Sorcerer has been taken on by these German developers. I think I can't remember what they're called, but they've taken it on. So now Simon the Sorcerer is only made in Germany, uh, in German, for Germans. Um, they Simon de Sarsen van, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. And they've released number four here now in English, but they've got an American to voice it, and it's awful. So it's, it's just gone awful. sort of down the path. Yeah, the gameplay is good, but the voices are awful. But Simon the Sorcerer, one and two, definitely look them up. They are... They are definite ooh nearlies. Um, what do you reckon? I think I think that's that was that was good. Yeah. Good run. Yeah. That's a good run. That's the end of number six. Um, which is good because that means we can bash them out for a while. And well, that means that's a month's worth, right? There. <laughs> Why are we telling you? You've you already know that it's the end of the month. Yeah. Um, we'll see you next week, technically, I suppose. But uh, we, yeah. Um, when November will be here and we'll be one step closer to Christmas. Hoorah. Hoorah. Well, oh, well, thanks for joining us. It's been ever so nice hanging out with you. He's yawning and stretching just in case you feel like he's having some kind of stroke. I'm not coming on to you, listener. <laughs> I promise. Call me. Um, <laughs> I'm probably... I'm just going to go. Jenkins out. Brown out. Brown out.